Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey there, folks. Greg Shepard here, Higher Ed Retire Podcast. As always, I do appreciate you all hanging out for a few minutes with me. Okay, so I'm going to preface this episode by giving you all a little little behind-the-curtain view of this podcast. This isn't rocket science here, folks. What I do on a day-in and day-out basis is try to absorb content, both through my readings and listenings, of course, as to what you would find interesting. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? I'm going to produce content that you would find interesting. Also, I do ask a few of my clients as to what they would find interesting, as to what they would want to listen to during these podcasts, okay? Now, a couple weeks ago or so, I received a few emails from clients. Now, I'm surprised I didn't receive emails for, from all of my clients in the Missouri system, okay? Now, the email is regarding the retirement plan pension system, which, of course, I'm going to elaborate on here in a bit. So how this episode is going to work is I'm going to read an article, okay? This article is from the Columbia, uh, let's see, the Columbia Missourian. For those of you not familiar, this is a, a newspaper in the uh, Columbia, Missouri area, and they're, they're going to focus, of course, on uh, the university in their area, which is the University of Missouri system. But this article, this topic, this episode, folks, applies to all of you with public university employments. I've seen this story rewritten a number of times around the country. So if you don't believe this is a problem in your area, it, may, it very well may not be. But especially if you're at the University of Missouri system, you got your head in the sand if you don't believe this is a problem. This is a real issue, a real topic. So again, how this is going to work is I'm going to read. It's story time here. I'm going to read this article to you verbatim, and I'm going to inject my thoughts, my experiences, uh, just here and there within the article. Okay, I have nothing written down in terms of notes, I uh, just printed off this article. This article is from April 12th. That is not correct. That's when I printed this off. Okay, so it's from March 25th, not that long ago. Okay, I'm recording this on uh, April 19th of 2022. Now, before I get going, let me kind of formally introduce myself. For those of you that don't know me again, name is Greg Shepard. I do have an investment management firm here in the Kansas City area. Of course, as we're going to learn here today, I do deal a lot with University of Missouri higher ed employees, but I deal with folks just like yourself all over the country. We are a fee-only investment firm specialized in helping those in higher ed get through their retirement plan. Just navigate the retirement plan, okay? Make the most of it. So if you find yourself in the weeds regarding this topic or some of the other topics of my podcasts where you can find on my website, which is www.safinancialservices.com, Reach out to me, uh, email, probably the best way, greg at shepherdfinancial.com, G-R-E-G at S-H-E-P-A-R-D financial.com. Okay, so let's get going here. Title of this article is Retirement Plan for UM System Employees Faces $315 Million Shortfall. Okay, giving credit to... Uh, Mavis Chan, M-A-V-I-S, uh, sorry, M-A-V-I-S, last name Chan, C-H-A-N. 
Okay, so verbatim, the UM system is $315 million short in the total amount of money that will be owed to future retirees on its pension plan. Note, I'll emphasize, future retirees, not those that are already retired drawing money from the plan. Curators. So the Board of Curators held a special meeting Friday to discuss ways to increase investment returns to pay for employee pensions, citing the latter as, in quotes here, the largest liability for the UM system. The board will meet again in April and may vote on proposed changes to the pension plan. Let's pause there. This is me interjecting. Anytime you read anything where folks are getting together to discuss ways to increase investment returns, in this case to pay for employee pensions, that ain't a good thing, okay? That means something is underperforming and not doing well, okay? And there are, I'm not saying this is the case here, but anytime you get together and try to discuss ways to increase investment returns, you might be taking more risk than you set out to take. Again, that may not be the case here. That's been my experience in 20-some-odd years of dealing with the markets, both bond and stock. Okay, back to the article here. On Friday, curators briefly heard proposals to offer cash-out options, allowing participants to take out their benefits immediately. Another proposal would provide employees on the pension plan with an option to opt out, putting them on a defined contribution plan, similar to a 403B plan. Okay, pause. Me, Greg here interjecting. All right, folks, when you... Now, again, this this information is for those that are currently in service. When you were hired, I, I know this plan, This uh, the HR, sorry, the benefits plan, like the back of my hand. Folks in the Missouri system, compared to other universities in the area, okay, may have lower salaries, but they're promised better benefits. And they are. They were, okay? Better benefits, lower salary. Maybe, they'd all, maybe it all equals out, whatever the case is. But that pension that you were promised there at the University of Missouri system, pretty darn good, okay? So let me dive into, the, into this a little bit. Part of that paragraph I just read says briefly, okay, curators briefly heard proposals to offer cash-out options allowing participants to take out their benefits immediately. Why is that? Why uh, We can all kind of put this puzzle together. All right, folks, so when you pay, or I'm sorry, take out that pension, obviously most of you know this out there, the university pension plan has promised to pay you over a certain amount of time, okay? So they're promising to pay you until your death. Most likely people, folks that are, are married going to choose some sort of joint annuity option. Let's just go with the 50%, all right? So they pay you for the remainder of your life. You pass away, and you give your spouse 50% of that payment until he or she passes away, all right? Now, if you start involving other folks that are a little younger, Okay, maybe you're not married, okay? So you have somebody else as a beneficiary that's a little younger than you. Now the pension has a problem because that person, as we all know, people are living longer. And it's becoming more and more difficult to pay out these people the longer they live. All right? Again, this is two and two. This is pretty simple math, econ 101. So what they're doing is they're offering, they may, okay, they, they took proposals, they may offer to give you that money up front, it sounds like, the cash out option. Okay, um, good, bad, and different. I'd have to really see, uh, kind of dive into the the options 
Yes, I, I advocate me, okay, just my opinion. When you separate service, retire from the University of Missouri regarding their pension, I'm a big advocate of taking that 30% lump sum. Not for everybody, not for everybody. This is not investment advice, okay? Consult with somebody that knows what they're talking about regarding your situation. All right, I'm talking about myself with my clients. Most of them, not always. Sometimes there is an advantage to taking maybe the single life annuity option. Everyone's a little different. I can't stress this enough. But the reason to take that money out, well, is, hey, you don't run into these kind of problems where the pension may have future issues, but you now have control of that money. But I'm not going to get into all of that right now. Let's just uh, keep going here. So the second part of this paragraph says, another proposal would provide employees on the pension plan with an option to opt out, putting, it, putting them on a, on a defined contribution plan similar to a 403B plan. Again, a feature of the plan not promised or offered to you once you sign that paperwork when you started employment. Uh, good, bad, and different. I'd have to dig into what it actually means, okay? Uh, why, not, why not a 401A where there's some sort of matching uh, program, okay? So, again, these are proposals, but, again, uh, it's not what you were promised when you were hired on as an employee some years ago. Okay, back to the article here. MU officials stressed that the concern is over future retirees' payments, not payments owed to former employees who are already retired, which I already uh, said that, so let's keep going. The employee pension plan has been closed since 2019. I remember this, meaning nobody hired after that year is eligible for the plan. However, according to documents used in the meeting, paying out the pension is still the largest financial responsibility for the university system, which makes a heck of a lot of sense. Currently, the total pension liability stands at around $4.9 billion, with a B, dollars. Liability stands at around $4.9 billion. This number was projected to rise over the next 20 years and peak in the 2040s before gradually decreasing. The university system estimated that $19 billion, billion with a B, is needed to pay out all employees on the pension plan. Pause. My, my thoughts here. Now, what does this sound a lot like? Social Security. Yeah, I'm sure all of you are uh, whispering that under your breath. Uh, more going out to coming in, okay, folks? This is, again, not as simple as Econ 101 because you do have a lot of people retiring, dying, separating service at different times throughout the uh, fiscal year. So it does become a complicated puzzle, but this is a failure of epic proportions, okay? I can, uh, just little old me uh, here in Kansas City, I believe whatever the uh, average living age of a male and female is today, I'm going to guess in 15, 16, 20 years, that number is going to be higher. Okay? So, and there's a lot of other nuances I can get into, but let's go ahead and move on. Other proposed major changes discussed in the meeting included the system's investment portfolio. All right, folks, here we go. So there's going to be a 3% shift from U.S. Treasuries and Treasury inflation-protected securities over to real estate. Uh, might make you a little bit more, but why are we invested in Treasuries and tips to begin with? Uh, I know inflation's going up, but you're not really making much in terms of real return, or I should say total return on those tips. And Treasuries, I guess it's there for safety because you're not making much of anything on Treasuries, so there's a questionable investment. Uh, but regarding the investments, which might be talked about later here in the article, 
uh, the, the, the overall performance, which you have access to, which I'm staring at right here, uh, not too bad. Okay. Well, I'm going to move on here because I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So back to the article here. According to documents used in the meeting, the system will also offer, I'm sorry, the system will also invest more in properties used in the distribution sector and supply chain. Chief Investment Officer Thomas Richards called these investments quote-unquote recession-proof. Let's stop there. Again, head in your sand if uh, you believe there's 100% recession-proof investment, folks. Well, come on. This, is, <laughs> this would irritate me if I were a University of Missouri employee. Um, all right, we're getting back to the article here. Moreover, the system will invest more in multifamily homes, such as duplexes and apartment buildings. The plan would also increase investment in private equity, particularly venture capital firms, and funds to biotech and information technology startups. Pause. My interjection. My thoughts. I don't even know where to begin. Okay. First off, you're... you're, Jeez. What are we doing here? Okay, so we're investing in... We're taking these very simple elements of investing and trying to complicate it as much as we can, I guess, to justify the fees being paid to third parties when it comes to the pension plan and people in charge of actually trying to figure out all these complicated investments. What I mean by this, anytime you get into some of these investments, uh, you're talking non-liquid investments. The pension needs liquidity. I'm sure they've figured all this out, but I'm trying to simplify this. This isn't as complicated as it needs to be. And why are we putting money towards uh, information technology startups? Okay, we are dealing with a pension. We don't need to hit home runs. I think we're looking to hit doubles for a baseball analogy. Maybe we're doing that information technology startups to, uh, remember we discussed earlier in the article how they're, they're trying to find ways to increase rate of return? Well, that might do it, uh, but I tell you what, when interest rates are going up, information technology startups ain't going up with them, okay? Um, so what I want to do now maybe is go back to the performance of the pension. Give me a second here as I rifle through some of this nonsense. Okay, here we are. Honestly, not bad. Um, so what's the date here? We're looking at December 3rd, I'm sorry, December 31st, 2021. You got a one-year... Uh, investment performance of 18.8%. Very good. Three years, 14.5%. Uh, five years, 10.9%. Seven years, 8.9%. Okay, so now what I did is I went back. Now, again, I'm, I'm just trying to simplify things here. But what I did very simply is tried to see what a certain ETF dividend, very simple dividend-paying ETF, how it did in the same exact time frame. Okay, so one year, 26%, three years, 24%, five years, 16%, seven years, 14.5%. In uh, 10 years, it more than doubled the, uh, the pension investments here. Now, I, I'm oversimplifying things. I know you're not going to invest everything into one investment. But my point is, when talking about these investments, folks try to complicate these things by getting into all these fancy uh, non-liquid investments thinking they're getting ahead of the curve and you're not over the course of time, all right, as indicated or proven by what I just told you. All right, going back to the article and off my soapbox here, Richards, remember, he's the uh, 
CIO, Chief Investment Officer, said similar investments have done very well in the past. Ah, oh, geez. All right. Isn't it? Let's pause there. What's the saying? Uh, past performance isn't indicative of future performance, something like that. I mean, I'd, I'd probably, um, I wouldn't say those kind of things. Okay, so again, back to the article. The university system will also put more money in mid-sized investment vehicles such as such as investment funds, trusts, and limited partnership companies, which I don't know exactly what they're getting into, but I tell you what, that sounds like non-liquid stuff. Uh, oh, this is great. Okay, back to the article here. Management fees also are expected to increase by more than $3 million because of increased investment in the private markets. Well, here's a brilliant idea. If you're looking to get better investment returns on any product, try reducing the costs rather than increasing it. And just simplify, folks, that ETF I just spoke about that did a lot better than uh, the pension, the cost to that is 0.06% per year. All right, I'd be curious to see if they have any investment that hovers around that price point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess the answer is no, other than their money market or cash holding, and maybe the treasuries and those tips. All right, and there's the article. All right, folks, I'm done reading the article. I think what you can take away from here is frustration. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, I think people, the higher ups managing these pensions, not just the University of Missouri, but folks, your university could be a culprit of this as well. They've done. Uh, they failed to epic proportions. They try to make things more difficult than it needs to be, therefore increasing costs. They, 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 they draw in all these other, quote-unquote here, professionals in the marketplace, and guess what? They ain't free. So when you're trying to overcomplicate a very pretty simple process, I'm talking about the investment side of things here, uh, you tend to gain costs, overthink it, and underperform. Okay, again, the performance on this pension is pretty good, uh, but could, you know, I guess everything could be better, but I think the obvious um, are, are the costs and the actual investments used to fund that pension. Okay, I'm getting off my soapbox. This gets me heated up a little bit. Uh, for those of you that are still in service, all right, get your head out of the sand, all right? Make sure you do due diligence. Not everybody out there got their head in the sand, but if you're not aware of this, you need to be. What are your options? When, when the curators, the board, starts voting on things that are irrevocable within the pension, folks, you better know what's going on, all right? Have a say in the game. Uh, for those of you that want help regarding this stuff, all right? Again, this is what I do for a living, not just for the University of Missouri system pension, but uh, help those all over the country. Uh, again, you can contact me. Well, maybe the best place to go, my website, safinancialservices.com. You're going to find other podcasts there that are informative. Hopefully they help you out. And it's got my contact information on there. But again, my email, greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Shepherd is S-H-E-P-A-R-D financial.com. All right, folks, I hope you took away a little bit from this episode. If nothing else, I hope it raises your awareness when it comes to things outside your quote unquote control. All right, you do have a say in some of this stuff, okay? Let your voices be heard when it comes to uh, these things that will affect your retirement future. Speaking of, this is Greg Shepard telling you to take control of your retirement today. 
Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey. Please visit www.higheredretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again. S&A Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.